and welcome to Movie Wala podcast. We are still on a summer vacation, but we are still watching movies and looks like we can't stay away from you guys. We have watched a bunch of Shekhar Kapoor movies just because we can and we're going to talk about Shekhar Kapoor just because we can. Take it away, Flo. So Shekhar Kapoor is so synonymous with Mr. India as we all know. Like for Indian uh, listeners and for non-Indian listeners, he's the guy who directed Elizabeth, which was nominated or even won an Oscar, I think. So yeah, so that's Shekhar Kapoor and he needs no introduction. You just say Mr. India and people know who we're talking about. So we decided to watch three of his movies. And again, we have no... Uh, we can't justify why we picked these three movies because we picked them because we love them. That's the only justification we have. So uh, we watched, obviously, Mr. India, Masoom and Bandit Queen. In this episode, we will be talking about these three movies and mostly about Shekhar Kapoor as a director. So the three movies we are covering, to just give you guys a short synopsis, we're probably we're going to try and not spoil it for you so that if you haven't watched it, you can. Masoom is this... A happy family they're living and then suddenly they get a call that the guy had a one night stand and then uh, he has a kid with that woman and now things are changing and this happy family kind of gets disrupted by this one illegitimate boy and how they cope with that situation. Second movie is Mr. India which is probably one of the only well-made sci-fi fiction drama in Hindi movies. Like, otherwise you end up with things like Chandramukhi and, I don't know, rubbish, like space alien kind of stuff. But, uh, so there's this uh, one device which can make human invisible. And this uh, the, uh, and this guy who has this device is uh, runs an orphanage and how he takes care of all these kids but he's really poor and then there's a news reporter who comes and starts staying as a tenant so it's like a random mix of people and there's a there are a lot of fun characters like I can't say it in a short synopsis but these are the basic characters and this is just like a chaos around all of these people and how it all comes together and the last one is Bandit Queen it is on a real life bandit Pulan Devi and this movie is based on a biography which was written on her life. Shikarbu didn't mince any words or any scenes like there's there, uh, there's, everything is 100% raw and real. So these are the three movies we are covering in this episode. Yes. So we watched Bandit Queen yesterday and it kind of has shattered my spirits like I had seen it. So naturally, you know, uh, when did Bandit Queen come out? I think 94. So I was not allowed to watch it, of course. And uh, I do remember my mother watching it and I had strict instructions of not coming anywhere near the television while that was going on. So naturally, when you tell somebody and especially, you know, a cinephile who loves movies that you can't watch something, I always like it was in the back of my mind that I have to at some point watch Bandit Queen. And I don't, I think I only got around watching it uh, once I moved to US. For some reason, it never happened. So anyways, um, and it was not an experience I was looking forward to repeat. But for our podcast. Things we do for a podcast. I know. Start with Masoom, which was Shekhar Kapoor's first movie. That was his directorial debut. It was released in 83. And one thing that you would notice if you're if you're watching it for the first time now is it does not look dated at all. Maybe because fashion repeats itself and now we are at that stage you know, where the same thing has repeated and now it doesn't look uh, dated. But I don't know what. There's something about this movie which never looks dated. 
starting from you know uh, shabana sarees to the home decor oh my god it's so on point like you would not you can't say it's it was made in 83 that's one observation that i made yeah i was actually just amazed at that this was this guy's first movie and uh, after listening to a couple of his interviews and reading stuff like i came to know that he actually had never learned direction and he had absolutely no idea about how to make a movie he went on the set and just winged it and i was like how is this guy doing this without any knowledge like because that is such a masterpiece all the scenes the decor like how you said everything comes together the story and how evolved it was for that time like 1983 was like god you know we were coming with some really trashy movies back then so i'm just amazed that this was his debut movie and it was adapted from a novel a man woman and a child it was so well adapted to suit the indian sentiments and you can't tell that it was adapted from a western novel or a western you know it was so good and the acting of course there's Nasiruddin Shah and Shabana Azmi in it and obviously you know i mean we all know how great they are but then let's talk about the kids in the movie oh my gosh i think that would be like that's one thing we definitely have to cover the kids in all his movies so naturally masoom there are three kids uh, jogal hans raj urmila and who's playing mini i don't think she came back in the movies right yeah i don't think she she did do we have a name let's see oh aradhna shrivastava so um He has kids in all of these three movies. Uh, there's Jugal and Urmila and Aradna in Masoom. Aradna probably didn't do any work because we don't know of her after that. But Jugal and Urmila are known to the Indian movie watching audience. And then there is this kid who plays the younger Fulan Devi, and she is probably there uh, just for twenty minutes or so because I don't think she, you know, the her scenes are longer. But what an impact that girl makes! It's amazing. I'm And then of course Mr India it is like it has got like I'm not even going going to go into the names of all the kids but this is what stands out like Shikhar Kapoor knows how to get pe- the, all these children to act and they are not just jumping around they are not just like there for being a kid on the screen they are portraying real emotions like Jugal Hansraj oh my god i was like this guy deserved way more recognition and of course he didn't back it up with his work once he grew up but as a kid the way he's portraying so he's a illegitimate kid of nasiruddin shah and he's coming to their family and his mother's passed away and he doesn't know who his father is right now and he's going through all these emotions i just i was every scene of his was so touching he was like a kid you wanted to go and hug it was yeah so shikhar kapoor and kids somehow it needs to be talked about yeah oh my god you are so right and this was and these movies came at the came at a point in indian cinema when you know if there are kids in the movies they were just like treated as props so nobody would even actually concentrate on you know on making them act they would just give them lines to memorize and the kid would just say it and at that point of time this guy comes in with these amazing kids who who act so well and it doesn't look like acting it's just kids being kids and emotions are just right for kids it's not like an adult emotion that they're showing it was just that's one thing like you were saying oh my god both of us were like how does he make them do it out of out of the two sisters who did you relate to the urbela's character or uh, aradna's character to be honest i think growing up i was like urmila's character like the good girl you know who would <laughs> i'm pretty sure you were the other person i was were you munni <laughs> no munni yeah. 
I was, I mean, I had like shades of Urmila because I would was very particular about my books and things like don't touch this and all of that. But I was definitely like, oh my God, dear Malai. <laughs> I was jumping on my dad's shoulder as soon as he comes. So I was like, definitely. But I relate to Mini more. But I did have shades of Urmila a little bit. For but, me, it's yeah. the other way around. Yeah. Oh my God. But so good. So good. Minnie was such a sweetheart. And I read somewhere that Minnie, Gulzar just saw her when she was visiting his house or something like that. And he kind of recommended her to Shekhar, uh, Shekhar Kapoor. And oh my God, what a find. <laughs> I wonder what she's doing now. Yeah. And just so, uh, just to mention Gulzar again, and I know I'm going to shut up. I'm not going to take over this episode with Gulzar. But Gulzar did write the screenplay for this movie. So Shekhar Kapoor, when he, wa- he he wanted to make his movie, he had just read this novel and he went to Gulzar and said, I've just read this novel and I want to adapt this. So Gulzar was like, okay, we can make it into a Hindi version. So the credit for the screenplay and stuff goes to Gulzar and so does the lyrics of all the songs. Because if you were following us on Twitter while we were watching this movie a couple of weeks back, I was like going on putting the lyrics on my... I knew that I'm going to love each and every song. So I was like, I'm going to just make a thread out of this. I loved it. So yeah. yeah. So back to Shekhar Kapoor. Uh, Shekhar Kapoor, I have to mention another thing. Like these three movies that we saw, it's so diverse. You know, there's no common thread between them apart from the fact that they had kid actors and you know, they were amazing. Apart from that, there was nothing. Like Masoom was so cosmopolitan. It's set in Delhi uh, and it's based on like middle class, you know, Indian family. And Mr. India is obviously, you know, it's a very typical masala, Bollywood masala movie which is set in Bombay. And then you have Bandit Queen, which is just this raw documentary style filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy is so versatile. And then we all know Elizabeth. So, oh gosh, what is he? <laughs> I, I agree. But I think he has, um, okay. So unfortunately he hasn't done much work. Uh, he's mm. infamous for being very like either you can say spontaneous or you can say, unprepared right like it could be either way (laughs) like you're not prepared and then you're spontaneous it's like the same could be the two sides of the same coin and that is why a lot of his projects have been shelved or they never took off like he he announced that he's going to do this movie called Pani Mm. way back when like in 2010 it's been eight years and that movie you know you keep still hearing about it but you never really know what is happening with it and he was supposed to make it under like Yashraj films and whatnot, but it never took off. And there's so many other projects like that, which have been shelved. He was also working on a movie with Heath Ledger, but I think because the actor passed away, he couldn't do that. So there have been some or the other circumstances that his movies haven't been. So I feel like he's one of those eccentric geniuses, maybe, who, you know, who have the talent clearly like he doesn't have to prove himself like he did his and he's not like that one hit wonder either because he was able to like replicate his success and how you said in so many different genres like he was able to do it in a meaningful cinema in a out and out, out and out masala film and then a documentary style realistic raw film and then in Hollywood as well like he covered all grounds but uh, apparently he can't yeah. like stick to something for long. I, I can see that. Yeah, because I think even his directing style is very spontaneous. So I don't think he has like this bound script. 
I read somewhere that even uh, to spot locations, right, where he would shoot while shooting um, Masoom, he was saying how they would not have any location as such in mind. So they would just take the car and drive around. Like he would literally sit on top of the car and would just like, you know, look for spots in Missouri. And then as soon as they find something beautiful, they would literally make the actors get out of the car and then, you know, make them just go there and act. You know, so I think he's very spontaneous. Yeah, so people who are like, who like organized way of working may not, may think that he's very chaotic, but I think that's how he is, you know. But I don't think his way will work anymore. You know, there's like, now you can't just sit on top of a car and find a location. Firstly, you'll have to get these permissions from different governments and agencies and whatnot. And then all the actresses, like, so he was lucky he was working with Supriya Patak and Shabana Azmi, who probably didn't care so much about their hair and makeup and clothes. Nowadays, people are going to be like, no, wait, where's our vanity <laughs> vanity van? Like, I need, like, this whole shebang along with me, so. Yeah, so. I- so what did you think about the dialogues and the scenes? The dialogues, since, you know, we were talking, we we're just talking about how amazingly well the kids act. I think it's a lot to do with writing as well, you know, because obviously writing is very important. And uh, I think just the writing was so colloquial. Like like in Masoom, for example, he just captured the way people in Delhi speak. You know, like the middle class, upper middle class people, like educated people, how they would speak. And it just reflected that, you know. So I don't know who wrote the dialogues, but I, I felt like even, um, like we were saying, all these three movies are so different. So obviously the dialogues have to be very different. But with every movie, the dialogues were so perfect. You know, it just fit the movie so well. I also think he got the right writers for each of these movies. Like he got Gulzar for Masum because that matches the sensibility of relationships and whatnot. And then he got Salim Javed for Mr. India. And we know Salim Javed is like, you know, the king of writing and masala like you know the whole like uh, mogambo kushua and teja and all of these characters you know nobody else can come up with the better situations and better things and then of course like how we said the bandit queen is based on a book which was written by mala sen so the writer is she's also a co-writer for this one but the dialogues are written by ranjit kapoor so i guess he kind of also has a knack of getting right people on board because all of these people are true to the genre of the films so yeah i think he's a smart director that way you know he mean like some people may not have the talent but they know exactly how to get the right talent and make them work together not saying shaker kapoor is not talented because i would be lying if i said that he's amazing but also i think he knew how to pick the right people you know just the right people for the projects because i think he once said that you know he thinks what a d- director does not do is as important as what a director does so he said that as a director you can only do so much but you know the other things that people are good at you just you should just like you know give up, give the work to them and let them just do it because he was like otherwise there will be no need for you know a designer or a writer or a DP, you know. So he was like, I think he just knew how to delegate work and just let the best people handle those parts. Yeah, and exactly how, like, uh, you know, just that supports, uh, your statement supports his people, even in terms of, like, music, because he picked the right writers for each film, and then he picked the right musicians. Like, again, the Masum, uh, the lyrics are written by Gulzar, music is by R.D. Berman. Mr. India, lyrics are written by Javed Akhtar and music is by Lakshmikant Pyarilal. And then Bandit Queen, there are no lyrics. It's mostly just background score and the music is by Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. I mean, he's worked with the best of the best out there. And I'm just like, I'm amazed at how he was able to pick the right people for the right genre. And then again, he also knows 
how to this also shows that he can work with different kind of people like you know that his or oh, he doesn't have a huge ego you know because some of these geniuses they that is the problem they have yeah they think they are amazing and they don't know how to work with other people but this guy i think is very well balanced or sometimes they fall into the comfort zone of working with just the same people right like even if it is not just ego it's just like oh my god okay i love doing something with you and i just want to continue doing that with you which is yeah. so easy to fall into like it's so hard to find new people all the time but clearly he has no issues working with different people different sensibilities different you know completely different way of doing things because who can we think right now like whether you pick up karan johar or you pick up farah khan or farah uh, or you pick sanjay leela bansali or you know pick up anybody they all have these sensibilities that come with their names yeah with their names and you know that they are working with the same people like even if not exact same people within the same circle of people like they have these three people they're going to go out and like keep working with so or you can kind of predict uh, the kind of storytelling you know that will be seen in those like they kind of fit into a box even the music yeah even the music like you know like sanjay leela bansali even though he's given amazing music over the years like but you know that his film has like this certain kind of classical very indian ethnic folklore kind of music and then you know that karan johar likes this really melancholic love you know very melodious but haunting music which will stay with you or para para will just have like mad out there like kavali or like yeah. you know <laughs> yeah darde disco or something like that so yeah this guy does not fit into any mold isn't that amazing you can't put him in a box and say that okay you you're watching a movie and you know that it's by shaker kapoor you can never tell that unless you go to wikipedia and find out that it's it is by shaker kapoor you know because it's so varied i agree i just wish he had done more like because in at least in hindi movies he's only done three that he's directed there are two weird movies which his name is as a co-director which is like joshi joshile and dushmani dushmani never released and joshile is like what is that i haven't even heard of that <laughs> these are like really b grade really cheap action movies but apparently he co-directed it's not like he he's mentioned i mean i don't know what reference is just in the form of money or was he helping i have no idea so these are just these wow. two random movies out there which his name is listed as co-director i think random is his middle name <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of like really out and out being her 100% his movie he's just done three movies these are the only three he's done that we watched there's like it's not like we picked like how you said oh, wow. we picked them i mean the only other we could have picked were like the hollywood elizabeth or the you know the four feathers uh other than that <laughs> but look at these three movies it, it yeah. doesn't matter like how much he has done it's what he has put out there you know it's i i agree it is surprising i didn't know that he has just done these three movies in hindi wow <laughs> he has and and it, like bandit queen was in 1994 Right. That's a long time ago. I'm like I have no idea. I'm like I'm sure he's doing like he's uh, he was also part of the musical the Bombay Dreams that was produced in, you know, uh London and then moved to Broadway. So I'm I'm 100% sure he's part of like different projects or he's on board and he's doing other things. But in terms of movie making, he's not doing anything. So I'm like what are you doing? <laughs> like what has been happening for last 20 years? And he's yeah. not like you know you don't realize but he's like 72 years old. It's not like he's You know young What? wait <coughs> oh my God. he's 72 years Is old, that old? <laughs> exactly like you know exactly he's like really old and I, and I'm like okay now 
you know, maybe you've got another 10 or 15 years that you can make movies. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can't say uh, Gulzar is 80, 83 and he's still like yeah. going at it. So, I mean, not yeah. that, that, you know, <laughs> but I'm just like, he waste, he's wasted so many years not doing anything. But yeah, so. So what did you think about the South? I, I remember the last episode that we spoke on Gulzar's movies. We spoke, we actually noticed the lack of sound. So did you notice anything like that in terms of his directing style? Yeah, I think along with fashion, one thing which is going to become synonymous with me, like background music, is like we are somehow really invested in background music. I think our issue is when the background music overtakes the movie, right? Exactly. But I think, um, I, I think out of the three movies where background music really played a pivotal role was Bandit Queen because, you know, there was a lot of scenes where nothing is happening and there's just some instrument playing. And that is exactly when I Googled, like, who gave this music? And then I was like, he actually went to Pakistan to work with Nusrat Fateh Khan and then, you know, get him on board to work with this. I was like, this is amazing. Like, people, the length of work people go through to, you know, get people on board for their projects. Yeah. So... I think uh, that is how, I mean, he used it very effectively because, you know, you need it really because the movie is so real and it was so raw. You didn't need like heavy handed background score or, you know, it'll, it would just stand out because you'll be like, okay, nothing is happening. And then suddenly this loud, which actually does happen, right? That's why we always have a comment about it. But I think he used it efficiently. And then Mr. India was like, so over the top about everything so i think even if there was like this really background drums or something playing we didn't have any issues yeah. what did you think exactly what you said you know especially like with mr india you know when we were watching it it's like you know when especially i think with indian movies i think we do uh, i know that you also do that so every movie before watching in our mind we kind of go into it prepared like if we know that we're going to watch mr india we go into it thinking of it as a masala movie so when you're watching it you don't you're not too critical about the lack of logic and everything that goes with masala movie and then when you're watching something like bandit queen then you are your in your mindset is okay i'm going to watch something hard you know something raw and then you go into it and criticize it accordingly right so mr india i was all in even though we don't like like loud background music but it is mr india you know the most masala movie ever not ever, but masala movie. So you know we we know what's uh, what's happening. So I thought it just fit the movie really well. You know, obviously he can't pick Gulzar and put him on for Mister India. You know, so he is very smart that way. You know, in picking the right kind of people. So yeah, music. I felt like like you were saying, he picked the exact people that even we would have picked if we were going to make these kind of movies. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think this was one of the last movies Salim Javed wrote. I mean, you know, don't quote me on that, but I think it was probably one of the last. And their screenplay just itself, I think it was a great... I, I mean, I don't want to take it away from Shikhar Kapoor. Of course, he brought him his thing. But I feel once you're working off Salim Javed's screenplay, you automatically have such great content to work from. Because the scenes they created or the characters they created... Of course, he brought them to life. But, you know, I think that a lot of credit goes to their writing. So, yeah, I feel like uh, those characters that they built was amazing. And uh, I think when, you know, we were reading reading that uh, piece on internet together, you forwarded me that article yeah. where he did say, right, like a lot, the characters in Masum were his. Like he mm. created those characters with Gulzar. And, 
it was him except for shabana azmi and do you want to talk about that why shabana oh, azmi okay. <laughs> so the question was you know somebody asked him if all the characters if he could relate to them or, or if he wrote them so he said that you know while directing all these characters they were all me you know so he said how nasiruddin shah in masoob it was him like everything that he did on screen was exact shekhar ko but not shabana azmi so he said that it's not because you know it was hard directing her not because you know she was not a good actor because she's a great actor but then they they were in a relationship and you know when this movie was made i think they were not so he said how it is kind of hard to work with somebody that you were in a relationship with before because you kind of like have that extra baggage you know all the relationship issues or whatever they had so he in fact said that he will not work again with somebody that he knows so well because it was kind of hard for him so that's what he said yeah about shabana <laughs> and also i do not know that they were actually seeing each other i was like oh my god my mind was blown i was like wow when was this <laughs> imagine two of them yeah um but, but once i read that i actually kind of my res- i mean i already loved shrana asni my but my respect for her grew even more because throughout the movie i think this movie got a lot of awards and all of these people were nominated and everything uh, but i think nasiruddin shah won for the best actor and shubhana was nominated but she didn't win and if i was watching it like how i was watching it now and if i was to give an award i would actually give it to shubhana because mm-hmm. all her scenes she has this confusion where because her husband has cheated she has this anger and resentment towards her husband but when she sees this kid whose mother's passed away she also has a lot of compassion and sympathy and empathy for the kid but both of them collide because as soon as she sees her husband interacting with this kid you know she's so confused she's so conflicted and tortured you can actually see the torture on her face and eyes and i was just like looking at her the way she was portraying this character and there are no dialogues she barely just gets up and goes away and she frowns and she throws something around and i was like oh my god she's doing it so well because you can without any words you can tell like you know this conflict exists like this is my interpretation from her acting this was not said anywhere that she was in conflict right so i was just like shabana is doing such a great job but now that i know she was doing it all on her own and it was not even shekhar kapoor giving it to her so like it was like 100% her like okay maybe 99% her if you know she did listen to shekhar yeah. about something <laughs> and oh my gosh she was looking so gorgeous in this oh, movie gosh. even her 90s those 90s i would like wear them in daytime <laughs> They're so pretty. So that brings us very nicely to the next thing about portrayal of women. So mm. we already covered Shabana. Do you want to talk about Shri Devi and Seema Biswas? So you know, like I, I think I was messaging you when we were watching this movie, and I was like, yes, I know that you know she recently passed away, and we all were overwhelmed with emotion, and we all were showering our love to the spirit of her work and how she meant to all of us. And somehow I was feeling like I know we celebrated her when she was alive. but because we thought she was going to stay longer we didn't celebrate her enough because you watch this movie and you realize the magic of shri devi like her expressions her comic timing her sensuality and the way she switches from one thing to another and you could tell that her diction was a little like you know she wasn't comfortable it you could tell it was not like her first language but it didn't matter because in bombay there are so many people who live from who live who are from different states and they come and they work and then you can actually listen to their accent but that doesn't matter i mean you know it was I felt like even that was authentic because she could totally be from South India who's working as a reporter in Bombay and you know she so she's not going to have a perfect 
Hindi accent or something. And there is no perfect Hindi accent because Hindi is spoken in so many different states. It could be anything. I felt like her character was written really well. Like she's shown as a strong, independent. She lives by herself. She's just a working girl in Bombay, you know, trying to make it big. And she's not working because her family needs support. She's not working because somebody's depending on her. She's working because that's what you do. Like you don't ask a man why he's working. So, you know, you don't ask Shridevi why she's working. So, I liked how it was written. They're not trying to justify why she's working. You know, it's not even there. She's just working because she wants to, you know, and this is what she wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no backstory to her working because every time most of the time in those days like oh she's has to go to job because her old mother is dying and something is happening like why does somebody have to always die for a woman to go work yeah that was a pretty cool way of writing yeah and then of course like they already spoke about shabana shabana has me shown to perfection like this is a housemaker but she's not shown as a housemaker she's shown as you know somebody who has dignity who has respect she commands respect and you know she's a equal partner i love how he had written shabana as well you know she's a housewife and in in 83 a housewife was considered uh, even now people still think that housewives don't do much or contribute to the family but in this was 83 and the way he had showed her was like like you were saying she was unapologetic about being a housewife you know this is what she wanted to do and it's her choice and she's you know that's that's how it came across as nobody forced her to be a housewife or you know something like that and then i really liked how you know the, the scenes of domesticity right that was shown in this movie i thought again shaker kapoor i thought it was so nice shabana is sitting down with the two kids and you know she's helping them do their homework how many times have you seen that in hindi cinema right or in indian cinema i mean all these little things and then you know the first scene uh, that they show her she comes in after shopping i think and, and then she says hi to the family and you know the family is just doing their own thing and then she's like no i got your color pencils you know it's just all these little nuances about being a housewife or being a mom or being a wife was so well captured wow that reminds me of one scene that actually i liked as well was like when the younger one mini is like you know she is taking too long in the washroom brushing her teeth and then she comes out with all the foam coming out <laughs> of her mouth and being like and then you know if they were to show a mother right now or most of the time the way they show is like if they sh- saw that the mother would get mad she'd be like kya kare or or she would like interfere in the scene in the sense like start take over and tell the kid how to do it or change or something where shabana she was like chi gandi ladki ja mood ho kya and then she went on and was like oh god i love this like you know if ever i if this is the way i picture motherhood to be <laughs> because i'm not a mother but yeah this is how i would see like good mother in my books would be like who would let the kid be like just it's nothing to scold the person about and i like that she didn't scold her she's just being a kid yeah she's just being a kid and she's just like oh you know gandhi ladki like a uh, bad girl like go wash your mouth and that's it i was like these are small things which you know which don't don't get noticed because it just seems like oh you know a mother a daughter whatever yeah i wish he would you know i wouldn't even mind him doing a movie like 30 years from now showing us you know what they're all doing and you know whatever i don't know i would want him to do like a sequel it'll be so good i only because i want to see him do this realistic family or you know realistic relationship you know because we don't get to see it enough <laughs> yeah or maybe like today's version of a family different story but set in how the families function today i i i think very close to maybe what uh, farah or uh, not farah zoya after does mm-hmm. but zoya's is a bit over like you know 
it's uh, naturally very rich people life that she's portraying. But if it was like if we if she were to meet somewhere mid, like not super poor, <laughs> then she would be Shekhar Kapoor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she would be Shekhar Kapoor if she was not right up there. Like they were not taking a cruise to celebrate their twentieth <laughs> anniversary or something. They would just go out for dinner in Delhi. Yeah. <laughs> maybe go to Taj Mansing, right? Like yeah. have a good yeah. lavish. <laughs> meal is something yeah. so um we spoke a lot about shrana we, and of course shridevi was amazing and then uh, bandit queen i feel like the whole movie was based on that woman and i do think it was controversial uh like i said phoolan devi didn't uh, endorse it she said that it was not a true representation of her life and then she did go on to write her own autobiography so i don't know i haven't read that autobiography to know how close it is but if we were to just see it as a movie and not see it as something real events i felt he did it was it was so grim it was just it just made me feel like you know there's this india that we really like like and appreciate and then there's this india which i just feel we are so privileged like you know naturally people of like us who live in cities who've not had to endure that lifestyle and that kind of behavior from men and we're just lucky it's just pure luck there's absolutely nothing else yeah we were just born there you know we did not earn the exactly. privilege but we were just born there you know but yeah like you said india has these two different sides and people like us who grew up in cities we are totally kind of cut off from the other india you know and uh, this was i don't know it just like tanvi mentioned uh, in the beginning it just brought our spirits down and we normally record after watching the movie but that day we were like okay we don't have the energy to record so yeah. it, we were just talking about how india really is even now in some of the towns and villages this is how it is for a woman so yeah i guess that's about it that's all uh, that's all i had uh, so shake kapoor in one of his interviews he said that you know bandit queen was an expression of his sense of guilt of how we men are uh. you know so i think he felt it in his heart that you know as an indian man specifically i think he was talking about Yeah. So yeah, Bandit Queen. Uh, uh, you guys must watch. But then it's a little warning. It uh, it is super heavy and it's raw and yeah. So be prepared yeah. before you watch it. Yeah, it's just basically like you know. I think somebody wrote about Bandit Queen that how in Indian society a woman's relationship. with a man is only seen as like she can be a father's daughter a brother's sister or a husband's wife and if she does not belong to any of these three categories then she belongs to everyone else and if you are especially if you live in a lower caste or if you live in a untouchable caste then you are you have absolutely no power and you know i'm paraphrasing this something kapoor said in one of his interviews and i felt like this is so true and this movie kind of really just shows that because you feel so helpless i think it's again his directing style as well you know it's so powerful you immediately put yourself in her shoes you know that is how it is shown because there's no music to take you away to distract you from the reality that is shown on screen there's nothing so you're just like engrossed in this and you're like oh my god what if this happens to me because it's that real you know yeah and like you know he be- she becomes a bandit to take revenge essentially or and a little bit because of her circumstances so he kind of meant to show that how once you are trying to take revenge and vengeance it's not as easy even while taking revenge you kind of have to live through that same trauma that you went through and then you know then i remember that there was a scene where you know she remembers being raped as a child uh from her because she is a maybe like a 10 12 year old girl who gets married to a man who's three times her age and then that man rapes her and she lives through that trauma even you know when she's in her 30s and she's a bandit and she's trying to take revenge from all these other men and the number of times she gets raped is 
Oh my god! I I just felt like just as a woman, she she came across so strong. And sometimes you don't have an option but to be strong. Mm. But the other option is to kill yourself. Exactly. So, but she took this route, and you know, she emerged a stronger woman. I don't know if we have, if I have the strength in me to do, you know, what she did. Oh my gosh! Ah, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So that was the heavy movie. Uh, so as you can see, even like I hope our episode is able to show the different work Shaker has done and how you know it it evokes different emotions in us. Like even in the span of this episode yeah. as like we went from Shri Devi to Shabana to Phulan Devi and yeah. so this is what his movies did but he is definitely one of the best filmmakers and uh, yeah I think anybody who has not seen his movies should definitely check them out I'm 100% sure you will not regret it yeah and these are all on YouTube all three of them so yeah you will not regret it for sure yeah and in fact we are jealous because you'll get to watch it for the first time <laughs> our yeah. our quintessential jealousy of people yes. who not seeing movies yeah Bandit Queen in 94 in you know India has gotten a little better now in 2018 but in 94 it was in the news for the longest time like you like you were saying and I, I was not allowed to watch this because you know everything that you would hear on news about this movie would be about like nudity and curse words and yeah so it was a very different time and also Shekhar Kapoor thinks that is his best movie so far like he doesn't even consider the Oscar nominated movie Elizabeth to be his best you know so he feels like his best work was Ballad Queen yeah yeah I mean I can see I mean it was a good movie I just couldn't take it I mean it was as a movie it was good but I can't even and of course like there was no makeup touches in this everything is super real raw there are no you know there's no gloss there's no glamour there's nothing there's just absolutely that is why I felt like it was way closer to a documentary than a movie but yeah yeah. And you know Dibakar Banerjee, right? Um, uh-huh. So he's, he said that, you know, he's so jealous that, you know, Shekhar Kapoor got to make a Bandit Queen. He, you know, it seems after he watched Bandit Queen, I think he was like 24 or something, it seems he went into depression because he was like, oh my God, that's such an amazing movie. You know, will I ever be able to do something like that? That's the greatest compliment that you can get from another director, you know, from your peer. Yeah, that's... That's amazing. So, you know, there are sometimes like now with all the talk of sequels and remakes and everything, I think people keep asking Shekhar Kapoor if you'd like to, you know, remake Mr. India. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and there was there was talk about it like a couple of years back to do Mr. India 2. But again, with Anil Kapoor and Sri Devi, but like a further along, not a remake. But of course, that's not going to happen now. But I was just like, oh, why do you guys want to touch an iconic <laughs> movie? Like, just let it. And Mr. India, I mean, I have we have to say this. I think it's still one of the best, you know, movies for kids in India. Absolutely. You know, uh, I think it still would blow kids' minds away when they watch this movie. I think it's our own version of a superhero movie that we still haven't got. I mean, I don't know. I know Rithik does, did something. Krish. Superhero. Yeah, Krish. But I haven't seen that. But I think this... You really haven't seen Hrithik movies, no. huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not even Guzarish? Guzarish I did. Only because of Sanjay Leela. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did you see Bang Bang? <laughs> oh my god. Bang Bang? Which one is that? Oh, is that the Spanish actress one, right? No, no. Hrithik and Katrina. That was Kites. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. No. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So Hrithik has tried these superhero movies and you know, all that. But I still think this is one of those cute children's movies. Yeah. That every no. kid in India should watch. I, I agree. I agree with you. 
So yeah, that is it. We can go on, but I feel like we should end it. We have to cut it someplace. So this is a good place to cut. But yeah, again, I hope you guys are enjoying your summer vacation. Uh, we are soon going to be back with our third series. So stay Yay. tuned for the intro episode coming soon. Yep. And we'll catch you guys online on Twitter at Moviewala Pod and Instagram at Moviewala Podcast. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.